Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. How you guys doing? It's your guy, Larry, and you just tuned into Black Nurse Biblecast. First of all, I am so happy that you got a chance to stop by and listen to this um, little bit of a Biblecast. And yes, 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 um, it is Good Friday. It is actually the time in which Christians all over the world, um, in churches everywhere, do either midday services or have been doing uh, services commemorating the time in which Christ had died on the cross okay um, this this day is what we do is commemorating that time um, understanding that the sacrifice has already been made uh, for us for our sins and this is very significant this has been a very significant holiday or moment in time in which this is where we take time out to um, understand what the death of Christ really means okay the death Death of Christ is is such a pivotal part of the Christian experience. Also, the Christ, um, the, um, the the part of the story of salvation. You know, um, myself included, under, understand a time in which you know I. Um, um, accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, um, invited Him into my heart for the, for the rest of duration of my life, as so that I can begin to not only have the free gift of salvation, but to begin to walk with the Lord and begin to understand what it means to to be a Christian, what it means to follow. Christ with all my heart, mind and soul and strength, you know to be dedicated to him he dedicated his life to us, okay He, this was God's way in which he can redeem us from our sin, do you understand that you know, it's funny because we're we're talking about we're living in a time right now where, you know, we have this pandemic going on. We have the coronavirus. And I know everywhere you go, people are talking about it. And I have to bring this up because it is what are, what we're going on, what's going on in our world today. It's funny how when people um, are contracting this virus, this virus now is 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 attacking our body, it's attacking the body, right? The immune system. From what I understand And this is how sin is Sin, what it does It attaches itself to you To me And God understands that God sees that sin is not good And the reason why I say it's It, it attaches itself Because first of all When you're born You're born into sin I'm born into sin This is not something we choose to sin You know no, this has happened. This happens from the moment that you're born into the world, that you're a part of the sin nature. And this is all has to do with the beginning of Adam and Eve. OK, in the Garden of Eden, the choice that they made and as the choice that they made to disobey God. Guess what? It diso their disobeying God has affected the entire human race. This is like having, say, the coronavirus happening then and it just traveled through time all the way up until to us now and so for every child every person that is born from that time on to now has been infected okay isn't being infected by what by sin so understand that guys this is this is somewhat of a same thing as a virus you know the sin nature or the sin that you and i have is just like a virus and so 
With that being said, we needed a savior. We needed someone. God has provided uh, instead of uh, like they're saying, they're trying to uh, create a vaccine. Well, Jesus is the vaccine. He is the go between. He is the one that in order to for us, our, our sin to to be washed and we be washed and clean by the Lamb of God, which is pro- provided, you know, and you're discovering this in this episode about the Passover over and the and the last supper that they have this is a preparation it was a preparation for Jesus to be to be the sacrificial lamb just like it has what it was in with the um the uh, festival of unleavened bread and the Passover. So we're going to discover that as we read in this episode as well. So without further ado, I'm not going to keep rambling on. Okay, um, sit back and relax and enjoy this next episode of Black Nurse Biblecast. Hey, so um, we're going to go ahead and begin reading um, from the book of Luke, the book of Luke, that's uh, chapter 22. And we're going to go ahead and just read this um, entire chapter um, and then uh, just see where it goes. So I'm glad that you were able to join me and I'm actually glad I'm able to join you guys this time. Um, Wasn't sure whether I I would be able to. Uh, record this episode so so let's uh let's get into this and um first of all a happy um passover or good friday for most of you and uh we're gonna go ahead and get into this and we'll kind of do some commentating um probably as, as we go along here all right so judas agrees to betray jesus Um, The festival of unleavened bread, which is also called Passover, was approaching. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law were plotting how to kill Jesus, but they were afraid of what of the people's reaction. Verse three says, then Satan entered into Judas Iscariot, uh, who was one of the twelve disciples. And he went to the leading priests and the captains of the temple guard temple's guard uh, to discuss the best way to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted and they promised to give him money. So he agreed and began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus so they could arrest him when the crowds weren't around. The Last Supper. Now, The festival of unleavened bread arrived when the Passover lamb is sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. Verse 9 says, where do you want us to prepare it? They asked him. And he replied, as soon as you enter into Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him at the house he at the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. 
that is where you should prepare our meal. They went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. When the time came, Jesus and the, and the apostles uh, sat down together at the, at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the supper, after supper, he took another cup of wine and he said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. But here at this table, sitting among us as a friend, is the man who will betray me. For it has been determined that the Son of Man must die. But what, but what sorrow awaits the one who betrays me? The disciples begin to ask each other, which, one of, the, which of them would do such a thing? Then they begin to argue among themselves about who would do who would be the greatest among them. Jesus told them, "In this world, the kings and the great men lord it over their people. Yet they are, they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lo the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant." Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you as one who serves. You have, you have stayed with me in my time of trial. And just as my father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And you will sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. We'll be right back. Okay, so I'm back. So um, if you notice here, um, we're going to go back to the top of this here and, and talk about this a little. So if you notice um, in, in the book of Luke, um, it kind of cuts right into um, what we're, um, I guess, what we know of as the betrayal of Jesus Christ. And now before the actual betrayal, um, like every plot or every um, in, in a movie, so to speak, uh, there is a, a, a setup. 
And so Judas here is, um, it shows here that Judas already has been in a plot to betray Jesus. In other words, um, in, in, in my kind of words, uh, this was the inside job. Okay. Um, in other words, the, the priests and the teachers of religious law were plotting on how to kill Jesus. Now, first of all, let's just, let's just start right there. There's a couple, several things I like to point out here. Um, in verse one, the festival of unleavened bread, which is also called Passover was approaching. So the, everything had a time. And remember in the Jewish custom, they had what they call the festival of unleavened bread. And also, uh, they had a festival of unleavened bread bread or or consider Passover okay basically the same thing and um, they in Jesus's um, timeline uh, with the events that he was he was going along with this everything had a time everything was was predicted everything had been prophesied by the other the prophets of old meaning the uh in the old testament um i cannot remember exactly whether it was in the book of isaiah or in the book of psalms but there are scriptures that is um predicting this moment it's predicting the a time in which jesus would actually be at this location um around this same time so during the day of passover okay and remember this too there is some symbolisms in this jesus is being the uh what they call the led to the slaughter <laughs> okay jesus is being led to the slaughter in other words um uh, like they say a lamb led to the slaughter if i may use the word um yes being that jesus is the lamb of god and this was um preparing a passover and most uh, uh jewish people that celebrate passover they have uh lamb and they have unleavened bread and so so during this time, this is also in the same way where there is a preparation for the lamb to be prepared for to be eaten at a meal. Okay. And so it's just symbolic. Everything is fitting just according to what this is. Okay. This is in verse one. Now in Verse two, we have the plot. We have the plotting of his, of, of Jesus being killed by none other than the leading priests and, uh, priests and teachers of religious law who were, who were in the background plotting to kill Jesus. Now, who were they? These were the men that throughout Jesus's ministry were watching him, were, um, um, plotting to other words to see what kind of man this is if he was going to be the one that would replace them replace the uh teachers of religious law and people would follow jesus instead of following them so this these men uh were used in my opinion they were used by satan in order to 
to um to to get rid of Jesus. They didn't want Jesus to be coming on the scene and and taking over, okay? The priests of 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 religious law and the teachers basically they wanted people to follow after them. They wanted to teach in the Sanhedrin or the church at that time and people to follow them. But when Jesus came, Jesus was teaching outside of the church. Te- Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of God which this was a teaching that they never really embraced. Um, there was a lot of controversy and they were trying to figure out a way the entire time on how to get rid of Jesus. Okay. So that was the second thing. And they figured we, we want to get rid of him at all costs. Look, they didn't want to look bad. Remember this. You got to remember that they did not want to get their hands dirty. They did not want to be looked at as those that were killing, killing Jesus. But this is what the Bible has has shown and exposed them and shows that the leading priests and the teachers of religious law were plotting on how to kill Jesus. And and they were even dirty enough to be able to use uh, uh, Judas, who Judas Iscariot, which was one of the disciples of Jesus, that would betray him. Okay. Now, if you notice here, they weren't by themselves. Now, I want to say this. Um, remember this. Um, the, the Bible talks about that there is evil in the world. There is an evil influence, okay? And we understand from the very beginning of time that Satan has always been in the background. Satan has always been the one who's wanted to overthrow not only um, God's plan, he wanted to take over mankind. He wants... Listen, he wants to to rule mankind. He wants man to be his slaves. He wants man to bow down to him and serve him. So, of course, you have not only the priests of uh, leading priests of teachers of religious law. Okay, you got this one. You got Judas Iscariot who's betraying Jesus. But if you notice in verse three, Satan enters Judas Iscariot who was one of the 12 disciples. And he went to the leading priests and captains of the temple guard to discuss uh, the best way to betray Jesus to them. And they were, what they say in verse five, they were delighted and they promised to give him what? Money, okay, money. So he agreed and began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus so they could arrest him when the crowds weren't around. Now, you notice here, verse six, let's, let's, I want to I, I show you how the plot thickens, like they say. So it says here, it says that they look for an opportunity, the best opportunity they could so they can arrest him when the crowds weren't around. They wanted to make sure that nobody seen this. They wanted to make sure this was done in secret. They wanted to make sure that if it's done, that people are not going to question them. Okay. Second of all, Satan entered into Judas Iscariot. Remember, Satan is the, this, the mastermind behind all of this. In other words, you have Satan. He's entered into Judas. He, Judas has already availed himself. Let me say this. I'm not going to. 
I don't want no one to feel sympathetic for Judas. And the reason why is because, first of all, we understand that he went down in history and biblical history as the betrayer of, of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay. Remember this, folks. Some before we before I hear maybe some some of you might think that's not fair that Satan entered into Judas. Maybe Judas didn't mean to do this. No, Judas had already among the disciples had already had already been other words had already been ready to already do this. He did not. He was throughout the ministry and there's a lot of verses that we can go to where he was very critical about uh, um, about the things that Jesus was doing um, unfortunately and, and I would say it's, it's very um, it's just very coincidental that Judas was also the treasurer okay he was the one that was holding on to the money or or any treasure that that people would give them uh, so that they can um, go about their way and live and, and be able to buy food and whatever else they need as as Jesus's ministry was going. It's just inter- it's just kind of coincidental. And now Judas here is now the one in which Satan decides to enter into. You notice he didn't enter into John. He didn't enter into Matthew. He didn't enter into Peter. He didn't enter into Luke. Okay. He didn't enter into the, the, the sons of thunder. He didn't enter into, uh, uh, Timothy, you know, or, you know, or, you know, so there, there's, there's all them disciples. He didn't enter into them. Okay. First of all, they were his disciples and they weren't, listen, they weren't wanting to be a, a host for, for, to be used by Satan. Okay. There, they wanted to be able to be following Jesus, to want to follow Jesus, to obey Jesus. But Judas was different. So before we, you know, kind of get sympathetic and there was, that was not fair Satan. No, Judas was already ready to be a host. Do you know that, uh, yeah, like I said before, it is sad if you, uh, are someone that follow Jesus, that hear the stories and hear the, the, the scriptures and hear and exposed to all these things. And yet, and yet you still, um, um, uh, you still enter enter hell and not heaven. You still enter fellowship with Satan. See, you wind up being a fellowship with Satan than you do with with Jesus Christ. So don't be another Judas. Don't don't be the one that you you know you grow up, you go to church, you hear the gospel, you you know you 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 go to church every Sunday, you dance and shouting and everything else, and you know what. You, you're nothing but a devil. So don't, don't be like that. Don't be like that. Don't, don't allow Satan to use you or don't allow Satan to enter you and then says, okay, you're going to be my slave because that's what he's doing. Satan is, he, he has always wanted someone to do his bidding for him. And this is what exactly what happened with Judas. He Satan had entered into Judas Iscariot, who is already ready to be able to do what he do do for Satan anyway. 
And so Satan found this an opportunity. You notice here earlier they said they were looking for an opportunity and an opportunity to kill Jesus. Well, here it is. And you know what? They were happy. They were delighted. In verse 5, it says they were delighted and they promised to give Judas money. Now, listen to this. This is another thing I want to point out. Um, Judas, the reason why it was easy for Judas to do this, because Judas was greedy. All right. First of all, okay, he says that they promised to give him money. Now that had to be some kind of for Judas. That had to be some kind of um um uh, um that had to be some kind of incentive, okay, to give him money. See, because then so he agreed. You see, in verse six, he says so he agreed and began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. He should have, at, at, if he didn't want to do this, he shouldn't have, number one, never, never been in the plot. Number two, though, it, it, uh, he shouldn't have never accepted the money. But you notice he understood who it was coming from and everything else. So, again, you see how this here plot uh, began to, to surround uh, the 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 crucifixion or the uh, setting up of him to be arrested. And that's another thing. What did Jesus do to be arrested? There's nothing he did to be arrested. Did he steal something? Did he, uh, 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 what did he do to be arrested? Okay. So they had to, this is what they consider a false arrest, or this is what they consider, uh, um, um, you know, uh, trying to get him for something that he never did okay and so this is what they were doing they were plotting they they had to they had to get a crucifixion to happen with an arrest that had nothing to do with this okay it had other words it was an arrest that was that was uh made up to do so that they can they can follow that up they can connect this to, to an actual conviction and the conviction to what they consider an execution all right so remember that remember that it went from we're going to plot to find a way to kill Jesus that's that was the main thing right there to unfairly uh, uh murder him okay and who was behind it first of all satan himself Okay, the mastermind, the ringleader. Then you got the teachers of religious law, and then you got the host, Judas Iscariot. And he's the main actor, the centerpiece. Okay, so we we see this whole plot thickening, and this is all during a time of Passover getting ready to happen. This is all time. And now with all these things that's going in secret, remember this, anything that's going in secret, God understands and sees the whole thing. Do you understand that the father seen the whole thing? And we're talking Jesus Christ here. Okay. Jesus Christ here. He is. And I'm sure he, well, actually he does know the whole plot behind him being being set up he knows this but remember he continues to go on forward anyway listen for those of you that um have been in situations like this for those of you that have um um after a certain degree you find out that someone has betrayed you someone has turned on you someone has and you wonder whether or not god seen it 
Look at this example in front of you and see how what happened to Jesus. Listen, God, God sees things that are happening and sometimes he does not react and he does not intervene. This is a, fir- a perfect example of how he will allow the 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 setup of his only begotten son in order to be killed, in order to be killed on the cross and set up for the crucifixion. Remember this, okay? Remember this before we, 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 we chastise God or, or, or how can I say, before we get upset with God about certain things, remember this, God see the overall plan. He sees the overall plan, and that's what he did here. God sat back, and do you understand? He was able to he able to look at the beginning before the end. He's able to see that this is how it happened. This is where it started at. The thoughts and the minds of the people that was that was ready to plot to kill this man, he to kill his son. They already he already seen it. He's seen it before it actually took place, and this is how awesome and how smart he is. So remember that whenever, sometimes whenever I pray, sometimes we, uh, sometimes I think about things and you know what? I think I tell God sometimes I said, God, you seen this before it happened, didn't you? You seen when it was getting ready to go down, you knew that this was going to happen. So now that means that there is a greater lesson that is involved here. This is something greater that, listen, whenever something bad happens, I mean, I don't mean to, to bring this up, but this is really starting to open up to me. Okay. Whenever something bad is happening in your life and you, and you think back, wait a minute, did God see this happen? Did God knew that this was going to happen? Then there must be something greater. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time for somebody. Whenever there's something bad happening, remember God had the power and he has the, the authority to stop it. But when he don't, that means that there is something greater that's going to happen. And in this case, we understand the, the end of the, the story. We understand what's going to get ready to happen. We understand that it, that God will not intervene even in the midst of a plot to kill his only begotten son why because there is something greater in store all right there's something great in store it just imagine this imagine imagine this somebody watching the movie with you and let's say this is the movie that you're looking at and then they say well you wait a minute what's gonna happen to jesus he gonna get killed and then and then the person that understands the full story say well no 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 wait a minute wait a minute it ain't over yet it ain't over yet so just like I'm telling just like you listening to this, I'm telling you now it ain't over yet. Remember this whenever you go through things and you don't understand how you're going to get out of this. You don't know. I understand how in the world this is happening and God ain't do nothing. Just remember that it ain't over yet. OK. In other words, they just say in church, look at your neighbor and say it ain't over yet. All right. So as I'm saying this, let's take a break and I'll be right back. And remember, it ain't over yet. Okay, so welcome back. 
So um, as we begin to um, as we begin to read here, we're going to talk a little bit about the Lord's Supper or the Last Supper. I don't know why I keep saying the Lord's Supper, because I think all the time about um, many times that we've had our communion in church as I was coming up. And so we always called it the Lord's Supper. But in this case here um, in Luke 22, chapters, uh, chapter 22, verse seven, uh, we're we're encountering the um, the Last Supper. The Last Supper, it says here, it says, Now the festival unleavened bread arrived when the Passover lamb is sacrificed. Now, here it is right here. Um, <clears throat> this is a Jewish custom in which, you know, you have unleavened bread. That means that bread that has not been leavened this is just what it means. Okay. And it's um, also served with lamb or lamb is served with the bread. Jesus sent Peter to Peter and John ahead and said, go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. Okay, where do you want us to go and want us to prepare it? They asked. He replied, as soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you and meet you. He says, follow him at the house. He enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat? the Passover meal with my disciples. He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. Now, now this is a very interesting. I want you guys to kind of pick this up here. Um, first of all, of course, that this is being, excuse me about that. Um, this is being the, uh, the, um, the Passover meal or the, um, meal of the unleavened of unleavened bread. Okay, and so remember, Jesus is now he's he's at a place now. Everything is on a timeline. In other words, he's he's is this has got to happen. And so what we see here is that um, he enters. He says, as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you and follow him at the house. He enters, say to the owner. Now, this was the owner of the house. And imagine a house that has an extra room. And so the room they decided to, to use, everything was borrowed. You notice this? Everything was not his. He, he. You know, Jesus, um, you know, there was nothing from the time that, that, that Jesus, uh, uh, was doing this. Um, nothing belonged to him. And I think that's very significant. He didn't say, let's go to my place. Let's go to your place. Let's go over here and we're going to enter your, your house. No, he used a man that it, it, the person that we, we hear it has no name. You notice that he has no name. In other words, it's, it's, it's only significant by the way that he, you know, he plays that part and he plays as a, as a, a very insignificant part because of the fact that Jesus says, I'm going to use this. Imagine that. Now, even though it's insignificant, it is significant because you might be the person that God wants to use to use your room. <laughs> and okay and and i can find there's so many things that i can see in this but you know god uses 
uses people for his purpose, for his will. You might be the man or woman that God wants to use your house for to prepare a meal or to, to, to fulfill his purpose. And I just thought that was pretty significant when I saw that. But he says he will take you upstairs to a large room and it's already going to be set up. Remember this. Listen to this. He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. You see that? It's already been prepared. The room is already set up. See, God knows what he's doing. You see? So let's continue on. So they went into the city. They found everything just as Jesus had had said. And they prepared the Passover meal there. Understand this. If God tells you to do something, God gives you instructions on what to do. He already understands and knows that this is what's going to be and this is what you're going to look at and find. You know, there's times where in your life that you're going to God's going to give you instructions on something because he already knows what what's what's down the line. And you'll find out that, you know, though sometimes you don't see it, you don't understand or don't see it uh, in full visual form. But God has already seen it. And he says, trust me, it's already ready for you. Okay, so let's continue on here. It says they went off. And so as they went down to prepare the meal, he says, when the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together. And this is where it's to me, it's really um, it's really emotional. It's really a time where and some some of the gospels, they, they really they, they kind of get more into detail about this. But in Luke, it seems like they're, it, the writer of Luke um, or Luke himself, as he's writing these things, he He's just kind of giving you the straight to the point details. He's not really like um, diving into like very intimate details of what was going on at this this last supper. Um, it was more like um, he, he wanted to just make sure that we understood the different things that were said at this table. And so Jesus had said that he was very eager to eat the Passover meal with them and with them before he says, before my suffering begins. It's amazing that the disciples didn't kind of scratch their head. What do you mean by suffering? But he continues to tell them, for I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until the meaning of the, uh, until its meaning uh, is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. There is a full, full out meaning um, of prophetic meaning. There is a meaning of this or what he's talking about uh, will be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. We can also think of it as heaven, but we can also see um, in revelations and and times where we can already look um, toward the end of the book, uh, the end of the book of the Bible and begin to see what Jesus was talking about, about this fulfillment. Okay. So let's continue on though, because I don't want to get, I don't want to get into that. So then Jesus, um, he took, he takes the cup of wine and he gave thanks. Okay. That's the first thing he does. He, he, he starts off with the wine and he says, take this and share it among you. And he says, I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. So if you notice here, 
there is two time there's two types of suppers that will happen okay this is one supper that they will be will be united together and they will have wine and they will have wine together um at this moment but they will have wine again remember Again, this is kind of diving into what I wanted to say about Revelations. If you read Revelations at the end of the book, uh, the Bible, you'll notice that they will have another banquet or another gathering. Okay, and that is and that is a different time. It is not a time in which Jesus will go to the cross again. But this time they will everything will have been fulfilled in the right way in the spiritual realm. So let's continue on here. He says he took some bread and gave thanks. And he says to him to, to the disciples, he broke it in, the, in pieces and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, some of you may recognize this as the Lord's Supper. Like I always have said, communion is what, what we say in church. And a lot of times you know what do we do we 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 have the grape juice some of you use grape juice some churches use grape juice some some churches really use wine and then there's and then um they use maybe bread or or wafers or uh um you know my my dad used uh, i don't know i hope i don't get in trouble for saying this but um he used saltine crackers and so um you know maybe some maybe some of you were like oh, my dad did that too or something i don't know but anyway um we use we use crackers you know and so um, yeah, so this, you know, we passed it around during the sun Sunday service and had communion and stuff. So this was, this is what he did though, what, what God did. He passed that, he passed around the bread. Now this was the unleavened bread. And then he says here, he says after supper, now he says he took another cup of wine. Here it is. Now listen to this. Now there's two cups of wine here. The first one was he, he said, he take this in and share it among you. He says, for I will not drink it, drink wine again until the kingdom of God. Okay, that was in verse, um, I want to say that was in verse 17. And then this is in verse 20 now. You see, there's a second cup. Here it is. This cup is the cup. This is, I'm sorry. This cup is a new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Okay. Now, let's stop right there and, and talk about this covenant. This covenant, remember, uh, God, when God makes a covenant, he doesn't break his covenant. This is a covenant, it says, between God and his people, an agreement confirmed which, with my blood, which is very important, guys. Remember this, whenever God is, is sealing something with his blood, he's signifying that this is for his blood. He says, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. That means that um, as you as you drink the, the, the cup of this, you're remembering the covenant in which God has established with you and him okay this is why this is very important and people at that time you know i noticed that um jesus mentioned about earlier in his teachings where he says you know uh, unless you drink the blood of of christ and and eat the the body of christ then you have no part of him and people just went ballistic because they they was like wait a minute do you mean 
to actually eat your bread, eat your your flesh and drink your blood? He said, no, they, I mean, you guys are totally missing it. And I think <clears throat> in a lot of ways, I think um, Christ, I, I believe that this this whole thing is meant for people to trip people up because they will never go behind the full meaning of what Christ is really really saying remember this is a spiritual uh, agreement this is a spiritual covenant this is not a physical covenant though you are using physical elements to display the spiritual covenant okay so here it says they're sitting at the table now and as they're they're having this this very intimate moment this is a very intimate moment this is a very uh, 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 momentous occasion okay remember that he this is not a solemn moment this is a moment in which he's promising them that there is a covenant now between us okay and so he wants them to understand that the blood that will be shed will be the blood that will be a sacrifice for for both for us uh for us as agreement between us and the lord okay and just guess what whenever god makes a covenant makes a promise he never breaks that covenant he never breaks that promise now unfortunately it says here he he addresses the the they say the elephant in the room or the traitor that's in the room he says but here at this table sitting um, uh, among us as a friend is a man who will betray me for it has been determined Do you see this here in verse 22 it has been determined that the son of man must die and but but sorrow awaits the one who betrays him. Of course, now this causes division causes arguments among the table. Can you imagine that again? At the table of the Lord's Supper And Jesus is right there Can you imagine that you have problems in your life And there's arguments And there's dysfunctional things going on And Jesus is right there at the table <laughs> Understand Sometimes you know when you go through problems And issues Jesus is right there in the center Right along with you Okay, and I'm and I can only imagine Jesus sitting there and he's looking around and he's seeing the, the the questions and he's seeing people going back and forth. And remember that now Jesus might not have been sitting there looking at it. he might have had his head down and looking at the table and just thinking about stuff. And but he's hearing everything. He's hearing people argue. The disciples argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. You saw this here in verse 24. And then Jesus told them he this is how he he. He no longer addresses the the betrayer, okay? But then he goes into, um, he hears them talking about who's the greatest among them. And so then he decides to put them all in check, put them all in check with a with a lesson, okay? By saying that the world's, the world, in this world, the kings and great men lorded over people, yet they call they are called friends of the people, quote unquote. Okay. And he says this in a way that to, to kind of throw this title on them because people nowadays are leaders nowadays wants to, they, though they want to lord over the people, they want to say or pretend like they're friends of the people when they're not. 
They just want to be the rulers over them and they want to uh, um, control them, basically. Now, it says, but among you, it will be different. Now, he wants to wants them to understand that a leader is different than what you see out in the world. As a leader here is you are not just a leader to lord over people, but you're a leader to serve. Okay, this is what you're this is what it is to, to be a leader in the kingdom of God. Okay, he says here to those who are greatest among you should take the lower rank. The leader should be a, be like a servant who is more important. It says the one who sits at the table or the one who serves. And he and he says, he says, of course, the one that sits at the table, of course, he said. Then he turns around, though, but not here. For I am among you as one who serves. Now, hear what he said about that. He is the greatest among them. He acknowledges that. But at the same time, he, the greatest among them is the one who serves. Okay? This is how it always has been. And this is what Jesus wants to display to his disciples. He wants to teach them, look, if you want to be great, then guess what? You're going to be the one that serves. You're going to be the one that get on your hands and knees. You're going to be the one that, that wash the feet. Okay? And in some of the, the gospels, that's what he talks about. He talks about washing the feet of his disciples. Okay? He talks about that. So, so you got to remember that um, this is a moment in which it's, uh, Jesus decides to teach his men, teach his disciples what it means to to be a leader, what it means to follow after Christ. Ultimately, do you understand that? Um, again, you know, this is a teachable moment, even in the midst of his before he goes through his suffering. He wants to uh, let his disciples know that, listen, even in the midst of what I'm going through, don't worry about it, okay? Because it's all about serving, and this is what he came to do. But he also came to suffer and die on the cross, and he understands that too. All right, guys, so um, we're going to cut it off here, and we're going to continue on to the next, the next uh, episode, which we're going to get more into the plot to kill Jesus Christ uh, headed to the cross. So again, hang in there um, and we'll be talking to you, God willing, next time. All right. God bless, guys.